Okay, we're going to start on Chaf Beis Amid Beis, 22b, um, four lines from the bottom. We quoted a debate about the rule in the Mishnah that we had before, when uh, your fire, um, you have a coal, and that coal ends up burning something, that you have responsibility for it. And the question was... Uh, how do we look at that kind of damage that you have responsibility for it? Is it because it's your arrow and then it's human damage? Human damage has the most liability. You have no, your person is always liable if a person, Adam Hamazik, does damage. Or, that was called the Isha Mishum Chetzo, a fire you're responsible for because it's your arrow. Or, it's not like human damage, it's like money. You own the fire. And just like when you, something you own does damage, and that has different limitations than you directly doing the damage. So the question was which category it was in. So Rabbi Yochanan said that it's like Adam Hamazak, human damage, it's like an arrow, Isho Mishum Chetzio. And now the Gemara says that there are proofs that he's correct. Omar Rava, Kra Umasnisa Messiah Rav Yochanan. There is a Pasuk and a Brisa that indicate Rabbi Yochanan. Dixi, because the, the verse mentions damage that a person does, ki the fire goes. Now, it implies not that he lit up. Now, obviously, if a person takes a fire and burns something, that's the human causing damage. But the verse doesn't describe a human causing damage. It just says a fire goes out. It sounds like it, it like blows from his property, meatsmo, and then he has to pay. It, it, it seems to explain that even though he didn't deliberately take the fire and bring it to the area that burned down, but as long as it leaves his property, he's responsible for it. That sounds like that's his arrow. And Masnisa, the Brisa, Tanya, Pesach, because it was he turned to the top of Chav Gimel Amid Aleph. The verse begins, uh, the, uh, the, the, the same verse we described is talking about when your property damages, and then it ends off with when you damage. And uh, it implies that the fire is like you, Lomolo Isha Mishum the fire is like your arrow, it's a force that was created by your force, and you're responsible for it. Omar I have a question according to that opinion. We said if you burn down a haystack and inside that haystack is something hidden that you didn't know was there, that's called tamun, uh, you're exempt. Now, if you view that fire is a asho, uh, is a damage of a human damage, there shouldn't be any exemptions because you should be liable even if you didn't know something was hidden in that haystack. But we learned you are exempt. So how would you find such a case? So Gemara answers, there is a way that even a human would be exempt. Let's say a person had a fire in his courtyard, but he had a firewall. So that with the fire that he originally made, he wasn't negligent about it. There was a wall there. And after the fire was lit, the firewall falls down, and then the fire spreads, and it causes damage in a different courtyard. The Hasam Kalochitza, that's no longer his arrow. That fire that spread is not directly a result of him, it's a result of that firewall that fell down. And so, in that case where it's not directly because of him, and uh, something burns, so if the, uh, the haystack burns and there's something hidden in the haystack, he would be exempt, because that's not, that's not directly he's responsible for. 
So Gemara said, well, if he's not responsible for what's inside the haystack, he shouldn't be responsible for what's revealed either. If we basically say that this was a fire that he had no liability for, so what's the difference within the haystack and the haystack itself? Even if you say that a fire is considered your arrow, it's also uh, would have obligations because it's something you own. Since you created the fire, you'd have liability. For example, uh, you should have fenced it in, uh, kept the fire secure, and you didn't. It's like when you have your ox and you do not uh, tie it up. Um, so here also, you're responsible for the fire because um, uh, it's like you own it, even if, if it wasn't your direct, uh, it's not like you lit the fire. I mean, it's not like you spread the fire and made it burn. Then the Gemara says, and now that we're saying that even the one who says that fire has, is like the man's arrow, it's also like the man's money. So what's the difference between the opinion that says it's only like a man's money? The difference is the whether or not if a person is damaged by a fire that someone else lit. So if this, you're responsible because your money, something that you owned, your fire burnt someone, so you just have to pay damages. If you, as a person, damage someone, you have to pay four kinds of damage because the Torah, there's a penalty for humans that damage other humans. That's the first rule in life is cause no harm. So the, the question here, is this considered human damage? So if you hold that it's, it's only mamono, then you don't have to pay for damage like a human did. Your property damaged someone. That's it, you pay the damage. But if you say it's like you damaged him, you have to pay the four types. Now, actually, there's four types. Rashi goes into the different types of damages that you pay. You have to pay the dam- the loss of money, vitsar. You have to pay the person for the pain and suffering, verifui. And you have to pay his doctor bills, vishevis. And you have to pay his time off work. The one thing you don't have to pay is the humiliation because you didn't intend to. Okay, back to the Gemara. So then we go to the next part of the Mishnah. We said if the dog steals the biscuit, you have to pay fully for the biscuit and only partially for um, uh, the haystack. So Manchayev, who's the one who's liable? Balakelev. The owner of the uh, the dog uh, is the one that grabbed the biscuit. He's got to pay. nami Well, uh, we should also make the owner of the fire responsible. Why are we only, t- the dog grabbed the coal and lit the haystack, but why are we only dealing with the dog owner? Why don't we deal with the owner of the fire? The Gemara said, he said, well, he was careful with his fire. The Gemara said, if he was careful with his fire, how did the dog get it? My boy, Kalavasim. The Gemara said, the dog must have broken. It dug underneath and got under the fence and grabbed the fire. So really, the owner of the fire wasn't liable. It's not like he on purpose left it within reach of the dog. And so only the dog is, the, is in trouble here for lighting the uh, haystack. You see from here, even though they're doors, uh, dogs know how to get around doors, they know how to get under fences. Okay, that's, uh, that resolves that. Now the more has a side question. The Ochlo, now when this dog ate the biscuit, where did it eat it? If it like took it to a different property, Usually when you make a, the owner of the dog responsible for eating someone's biscuit, it's when he eats it in the other person's place. But in this case, the dog, if he ate it in some strange place, and not on the property of the person 
where it was found, then uh, he wouldn't be liable. So the Morsilosvika, the Ochabagadish de Balcharara. He ate it on the same place uh, on the, uh, the 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 guy that owned the biscuit. He ate it on his property, and so therefore it fits into this category of uh, shame, where an animal eats something on the property that someone else owns that he's liable. So Gemara said, Tifshit de Pipara, there's a famous question uh, when something's in the mouth of an animal, do we look at it like it's in foreign property or do we look like it's in the mouth of the animal? Uh, meaning like this, uh, the way Tosos has it, I'm learning like Tosos because it's uh, not clear to me how Rashi has it. Let's say somebody, a cherishot of a cotton, puts food, uh, an imbecile or a miner, takes food that belongs to the owner and puts it in the mouth of the animal. So if the animal is, the, if the animal is in the property of the owner of the, of the produce, so then he's liable because he's, he's eating on his property. But if the mouth of the animal is considered like the, the property of the owner of the animal, so, and it got put into the animal's mouth, he wouldn't be liable. The Iba cuts her back to the Gemara. Because if the mouth of the animal is considered like the courtyard of the, of the owner of the animal, lay malay, my boy riftig vapumi, the cowboy, then he could say, well, who put your bread in the mouth of my dog? In other words, why am I liable that my dog ate your biscuit? Why'd you put your biscuit in my dog's mouth? So in, in the previous case, the dog picked up the biscuit and ate it in the yard of the other person. But if the dog didn't pick up the biscuit, and as we were explaining from Toso, somebody put the biscuit in the dog's mouth, then he wouldn't be liable unless you say that the dog's mouth is in the property of the, uh, uh, of the owner. The Iboilu, the Mura has this question, the mouth of a cow, is it like it's uh, not in... Um, let's give an example. We talked about before that if you find food in Rishu Sarabim, or your animal eats food in the public area, it's not liable. But if it eats food that's attached to the food bag of another animal, it is liable because that food bag, even though it's in the public area, once it's attached to another animal, it's like in his possession. Our question here is the mouth of an animal, and the animal is in a place where he doesn't belong. So if food is put in that mouth, do we say the animal is in a place where he doesn't belong and his owner has to pay for that food? Or do we say, no, that the food in an animal's mouth, the animal's mouth is a, a separate place. Like, who put the food in my animal's mouth? I'm not liable for that. So, if the, um, they ask that question, the mouth of a cow, do we look at where the mouth is? It's in private property, and therefore you're liable. Oh, or that's the, in the animal's, that's the owner of the cow's possession. And if food gets put in there, he's, uh, he's not responsible. The Morris says, well, if you're going to say that any time an- food gets put in an animal's lot- mouth, it's as if the animal is in the possession of its owner. So then how do you ever make an, an animal liable for eating? Because the food is being put in uh, into the possession of the owner. Why are you blaming the animal? You, you, you should blame whoever, whoever uh, gave him the food. or let. Basically, the question is, are you responsible for letting someone's dog eat your food? Or is the owner of the dog responsible for taking the food? That's really the question. So Omar and Mari, our question is, if you make the person say, well, you shouldn't have let the dog come in and eat your food, so then uh, 
when is it that that you're uh, that we say the owner of an animal has to pay when his animal eats food? You sh- you can always say that person shouldn't have let him in. Even if he doesn't eat food, if he if he smashes against a wall uh, uh, to scratch and he breaks the wall or papyrus or he dirties the fruits and he's rolling in it, so that's a form of uh, even if it's not eat, didn't go into the animal's mouth where the animal would be, the owner of the animal would be liable. But it could be in the animal's mouth, you could say, well, why'd you let the animal in? But it talks about totally destroying the food. If the animal just scratched a wall or, or, or went to the bathroom, he's not destroying. No, he actually scratched on the wall until the image on the wall was no longer there. Ravashi said to Pasapsua, or he stomped on the food so that there was nothing left. It was more of a technical question that the damage of Shane is like it's totally destroyed. And our question was, if you, when you eat food, it's destroyed. But when you rub on the wall, how is it destroyed? We said, yeah, it could rub out an image on the wall or it could totally trample on the food. Tashma, back to our question, though. How do we view the mouth of an animal? Shisaboas, uh, if somebody gets a person's dog angry and sicks it on a person, or shisabo or a snake, and the snake or the dog damages a person. So technically, that's indirect damage. Uh, Potter. So who's Potter? Mishasa Potter. The uh, the one who sicked the animal is did indirect damage. He he got the animal mad at somebody, uh, and you can't make him liable. Uh, but the owner of the animal is liable. And if you want to say that the animal is it's in its own place, it's in the courtyard of the of the in this case the dog that does the damage. my cowboy. He could say, why did you put your hand in my dog's mouth? It's up to you to make sure your hand doesn't end up in my dog's mouth. It's not up to me. So Morris said, Amir Pater Afamishas. You're right. According to that view, he'd have to learn that they're both exempt. Or It could be that the animal has fangs that come out of the mouth. Our question is when something's inside the mouth, that can can a person say you you uh, you're responsible to keep your your things outside the mouth of my cow once they're in the mouth of the of my cow or the mouth of my dog you're responsible so tashma come in here hishik somebody uh, puts a snake uh, to attack somebody Rabbi Yehuda he said that you can that's that's direct damage chavin poetry they say omer abakabrei what's the argument the argument is, is it direct or indirect, is how does the venom work? Rabbi Yehuda says, The venom is right there in its teeth, so when you drop the snake on somebody, you're directly doing damage, and that's why, and the person who causes the damage, he can even be killed for killing somebody with the snake. But the snake itself is putter, uh, because the person is the one that did the damage. But according to the Chachamim, the person, when he did the damage, was indirect because first the snake bites and then it pulls the venom in. Oris nachash me'atzmomeki. It's the snake itself. Lafikak nachash peskila. They're going to stone the snake. Makish, but the one who sick the snake technically would be exempt. But if you want to say the mouth of a creature, it's as if that's the property of the owner of the animal. You could say, why, what did your, uh, why is your hand in the mouth of my snake? We don't, this doesn't have to, this particular law of uh, the mouth of an animal wouldn't apply when we're talking about uh, somebody being killed or a death sentence. 
where do you see that? Somebody enters your yard without permission, and while he's in your yard, he gets gored. Who mace and he dies. Hashor biskila. Uh, we kill an animal that kills a human. Ubalim puts, but we don't make the owner pay the penalty for killing that person who trespassed. Balim patimenikov for my time or lebushusi. My, what are you doing there? Shori namile. So why should you kill the ox? My boy bushusi. What were you doing in that ox's lair? Elin katala lo amrinile. These dinim that you kill the ox or the snake that has nothing to do. That's a special rule that if it killed a person, that's a color happened through it that we kill the ox. The Gemara says the story Yehani Isi debate Tarbu. Somebody had goats. Davi Masile Rev Yosef that and these goats got out of their property of the owner and they were causing damage to the property of Rev Yosef. Omar Le Abaye Abaye he said Rev Yosef said to Abaye Zil Emile Lamoro go tell the owner of those goats the Litz Ninu that he should lock them up and keep them away from my property. Omerle, Amaye, so why should I go? Diazino, if I'm going to go to him, he's going to say, Ligdor, Margadera, Bara, you, you should put up a fence to keep my goats out of your property. It's not my responsibility, it's yours. The E-Geder, Shane, the Gemara says, uh, if you want to tell me that um, it's really the responsibility to keep the animal out, so then when can you make somebody pay when his animals eat? Kishachatra, in a case where the animal dug under your fence. Or inamid enough of good of your fence fell at night where you weren't responsible. Makrav Yosef, Yosef made an announcement and he said the following. And some people say, Rabbi, there were many rabbis, some of them came from Eretz Yisrael, the Bavel, some came from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. And he said, You're going to run, you're going to be in charge of a basin, and people are going to come with goat complaints. So he said, Hani Izi Deshuki Demasid, if somebody has one of these mischievous goats, that eats other people's things and causes damage, you should give them a warning two, three times. Itzayas, if they listen and they lock up their goats, good. If they don't, I'll meet you at the slaughterhouse and I'll give you your, the goat steak, meaning that we will kill your goat and uh, because it's a damager and you'll be given its value in the butcher shop, you'll be able to go pick up your goat steaks. Okay, let's see the Mishnah. Adam Tom, I'm sorry, Ezu Tom. What's considered an animal that's not considered a repeat offender? What's an animal that's a repeat offender? Three days in a row, it's wild. Now we learn a new concept that if it's, uh, for, it calms down and it shows itself not to be wild, it goes back to being a Tom. Ramirez says, it, it's it's not days. It has to, even three times in one day. The tam koshiyatinokus. You can uh, uh, tam is if you see that little kids play next to it mishamshimbo and they're like tugging at it. Ve'enu nogach. Then you see that it's calmed down and that this animal can be assumed that it's no longer wild. Uh, it's an interesting concept that uh, an animal can be wild, but then it calms down and then the owner does not assume that it's going to cause damage. What's the reason of Rabbi Yehuda that it's three days? Um, Rabbi Chimol Chad, Mitmol is two days, Trey, Shoshom, that's three days. Below Yishmanubalav, Asanagi, the fourth time, I'm sorry, not three days, three times. You see, the fourth time it's a moid. Rabbi says Timol Mismol. He says that the term Timol Mismol in the Pasuk is not two days, it's one. Shoshom is two, and so Velo Yishmanu is the third time. Is it the third time or the fourth time where it's considered wild? We have two opinions. Uh, Rav Meir, my time, and so we'll take this, uh, continue on in this discussion.